This is Listen Lakeland, the show that keeps you up to date on all things happening in and around the Lakeland area. Here's your chance to plan your family activities and learn more about what your city government and your neighbors are doing to make Lakeland a great place to live, work, and play. All right, so this is Kevin Cook. Director of Communications with the City of Lakeland, and this is Listen Lakeland. And with us today in the studio is City Manager Tony Delgado. Hello, Tony. Hey, Kevin. Uh, good afternoon, or good morning. It, good it's morning. been one of those weeks. It's been one of those That's weeks, right. my friend. And we also have the City of Lakeland's Emergency Manager and new with the city, and it's a baptism by fire, Audrey Kane. How are you, Audrey? I'm good, Kevin. How are you today? And good morning, everyone. Well, thank you for both for being here. This is a great opportunity to share with our community, especially during this COVID-19 outbreak that we're all experiencing. Uh, Many of our listeners know that we just uh, executed the governor's executive order of uh, listing essential businesses and, and the various shutdowns associated with that. And I thought this would be a great opportunity if we can start a little bit with Audrey and she can share with us the the status and the latest updates, and then we can go from there. So Audrey, could you share with us what's going on in Polk County with regarding the coronavirus? Sure, Kevin. Um, As of uh, this morning's 1130 report from the Department of the House, um, the state of Florida is now showing 9,585 positive cases. Um, that is throughout the state, uh, with Polk County having 115 cases now. And that is ranging in the ages from three years old to 88. So please know that this virus does not just affect those over 65. It is now affecting more of our younger generation. So what... Do you see, I mean, I heard today we we had an agenda study session and the mayor mentioned that we're probably weeks or maybe at least a month away from uh, Polk County experiencing the peak. What what are you hearing from our health care providers? Well, from the health care providers and on the many conference calls that I'm on and listening to them, um, they are looking at the peak to be towards the end of April. Um, possibly, and that's what they're hoping. But the more information that we get about the uh, positive cases would mean more testing, um, you know, making sure that our our counts are together and that all testing is counted, uh, whether it be from the Department of Health uh, testing kits or the laboratory testing kits here in the state of Florida. Um, so the more information we get, the more they'll be able to de- determine where that curve is going to be for us. But at this point, it's looking more towards the end of April. Got you. And there was a recent Ledger article that mentioned that the Florida Department of Health's list on testing and what's actually out there, there's a discrepancy. Is that what you're experiencing as well? Yes, sir. We're hearing that across the state. And uh, we hear this not only across uh, the great state of Florida, but also on the national news that many of the states are, that's one of the the, the main concerns is the the lack of testing. And and if it's not the lack of testing, it's it's therefore the the length it takes to get the results back. 
Yeah, so we have several different ways that the tests are being um, done. Well, the Department of Health, those tests can come in from any time between 48 hours and four days. And then we have independent labs such as Quest and LabCorp where they're getting so many tests in uh, from the physicians as well as clinics and the ERs that those tests are taking between 7 to 12 days to come in. Do we see that being, I want to say fixed, but do we, do we see an improvement in the near future with the time it takes to get results back with perhaps maybe more labs coming online or do you, are you hearing anything? Yes. Um, in fact, uh, I know for a fact that several other labs will be coming on to take on some of those tests as well as um, it will help eliminate the stress of the current labs and they're able to get those um, tests uh, rolled over very quickly. Um, I know more testing sites are going up. Um, you know, you'll be able to know where those testing sites are by going to the Florida Department of Health website or listening to your local news stations. They will let you know when they're available. Uh, you'll be able to call, you know, register and um, give them your symptoms um, and hopefully get you in and out very quickly. So it sounds like there's going to be a telehealth uh, criteria there first. There may, may be a checkpoint before you actually go on to a test. That is correct. They actually have to go through the symptomatic test, which is they're going to ask you several questions. What are your symptoms? Um, you know, they're going to ask you also questions like, you know, were you by a person that's tested positive? Where did you travel? Did you go on a cruise? Uh, many questions to ensure that they're testing the uh, patient correctly. And I'm glad you brought up symptoms. So why don't you share with us that you, you shared with me yesterday some of the new symptoms as well as those that the tried and true that we've been hearing from the get-go of this epidemic. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously we all know the symptoms they've been talking about is a fever, um, you know, problems with breathing and achiness, but they are now learning that uh, the new symptoms could be the loss of taste and smell. Um, diarrhea has now come into the mix of that more so than before and cramps. If you're um, feeling crampy, uh, you major stomach cramps, and it's not connected to any diarrhea, that could possibly be an issue. But the main thing is the uh, a loss of sense and smell and taste. Now, so uh, these are new, and that there are times we all have diarrhea and cramps, so we just shouldn't run to the hospital immediately when we're feeling that. Or should we also have the temperature? And I mean, what are some of the red flags? Not 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 just besides one of the symptoms, but what are the red flags when we really should start to be concerned and call a, a healthcare professional? Well, the red flags definitely would be um, the fever added to that, um, as well as your labored breathing. Um, the uh, loss of, uh, you know, your senses uh, for taste and smelling is a large indicator as well. And that will um you know be one that you would need to call into those numbers to go through the testing um vocal testing of uh, going through the symptoms and the uh, health official at the other at the other end would be able to say yes we need to have you come in and get tested and register you for a test so no matter what you're still going to have that temperature phase and that's one of the telltale signs because i noticed that in a lot of the 
the drive-through testing, that's one of the first things they do as part of their criteria to see if you're going to get a full-blown test is that, that measurement of the temperature. Correct. And, and they're looking for temperatures in the 100.4 degrees and above. Wow. So, Mr. Delgado, how are you? Let's... Sorry about that, Kevin. How, how are you doing? Good, good. So we just uh, initiated the governor's executive order. Tell us how the city's faring with that right now. Well, obviously, we are uh, over the last day and a half, we've started uh, modifying some of the things that we do internally in our business operations. We've closed parks uh, per the city commission, really in line with the governor's social distancing order. Uh, we've closed a number of our lobbyways and business uh, entryways. Uh, city Hall is closed other than telephonically or, or via online uh, platforms. Um, so, so we're moving toward uh, adhering to all the governor's directives. One of the things that's going to take us a little time, obviously, is that the, with all the essential businesses that are still in place, we have to provide essential services to those businesses. So we're right now in the process over the next few days, uh, making sure that we can do that, having the right staff in place, whether they're working from home, uh, working uh, telephonically, or uh, actually having to be on site because there are some things you just have to do on site and you just have to handle whether it's uh, a certain level of inspections, police and fire operations, maintaining grounds, uh, solid waste operations, picking up the garbage, you know, those things you have to do on site. So we're, we're trying to make sure that each and every one of our employees is safe, um, that we're adhering to those directives and that we're still meeting the needs of our community. So it's very important for our community community to know that it may not be business as usual, but the business carries on, especially in the areas of public safety, utilities, and the essential city services. And uh, we, we've, at, from a city of Lakeland standpoint, introduced a number of online alternatives, and you can certainly phone in and, and call as well. Yeah, you're right, Kevin. I mean, it, it, what what will uh, our community will ultimately see is maybe a short delay. Uh, a, a little tardiness, but we're trying to keep business as usual as best we can. Unlike a hurricane, where, where you understand uh, the, the time the hurricane hits, what you have to do to restore your community to some level of normalcy, and I'm sure Aud Audrey can attest to this, we really don't have an idea of timeline as far as this is concerned. We know there'll That's be a correct. peak. We'll know there, there'll be a, 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 a time for us seeing some, some uh, good things happen after the peak, but to really identify X amount of days out, a month out, or so, or somewhat along those lines, it's going to be really, really hard to identify. So we need to have, have to be prepared for uh, the long run, um, and hopefully it's not quite that long. So I noticed Friday morning after the executive's order, I drove around Lake Hollingsworth and saw some fencing and signage and i also saw a couple of our police officers uh, giving a few warnings to individuals who are walking their dogs at 7 a.m um and i i just want the public to know and, and the reassurance from both audrey and, and and you tony as well that some of these measures that we're putting in place I and mean, people may not like it and they may be a little frustrated but at the time as we're trying to curb and or mitigate the impacts of 
the coronavirus, these are some necessities, especially you would go around like Hollingsworth before the executive order, and it was packed, probably the busiest I've ever seen it. And people just weren't practicing social distancing. And I, I think it's important for our, our public to know that if we all just adhere to the rules for the 30 days, the, 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 the quicker we can curb this and adhere to the rules, the faster we can get back to normal operations. So, Tony, I'll, I'll hear from you first and we'll listen to Audrey. You know, Audrey will be able to give you the statistics and she'll be able to give you what the Department of Health is saying and, and that. And that's incredibly important because that's really where we're basing our foundation for doing this. But I just want to urge the public and let them understand we don't know exactly how this is contracted. We have ideas of how it's done, but social distancing seems to be the best option for the nation to undertake in order to try to curb some of this. You know, we all are, are, are living in, 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 our, in our houses, in our apartments, in our condos. Obviously, you're going to have some pent-up frustration, and we want to get out. And, and we all understand that. That's the reason why we're taking, at least initially, a softer approach to, to um, enforcing the actions that we had to take. It's not our goal to go out there and hand out citations. It's not our goal to go out there and unfortunately have to arrest somebody. That's not what we want. We want people to understand this is the right thing to do today. We want people to understand that our officers are there to warn people of, of, of the concern and really educate people. That's really what we want folks to understand. And yes, it, for a while, it's going to be frustrating that you can't do what you normally can do. The hope is we can get through this quick and get back to some normalcy and we'll get back in the trails and we'll get back in the parks and we'll get back to those restaurants and those places we like to go to and, and enjoy our life again. Uh, I'm sure Audrey can tell you a little bit more what the medical industry is talking about. Yeah. And Kevin and, and Tony is correct. Um, you know, the medical um, personnel as well as Department of Health um, are all stressing, you know, social distancing, you know, keep that six feet, um, you know, like, you know, like you're saying, you know, keep those parks closed. Um, theaters are closed. The reason why theaters are closed because you don't have that social distancing space when you're sitting there watching a movie. Um, so making sure that you wash your hands and you sanitize, you know, even at home, cleaning your counters and your, you know, your bathrooms, making sure that the germs are cleaned. You want to keep your family safe as well as your neighbors. Now, that doesn't mean you can't go outside your house and, you know, walk around your neighborhood. Um, just keep social distances. I have neighbors that we holler across the uh, street at each other and say hello every morning. Um, you know, our dogs, you know, they want to go meet each other, but we keep them back. Um, so we actually have uh, in our neighborhood kids going around and drawing pictures of chalk on our driveway saying, hi, we care for you. Um, so that's fine. You know, we know you need your exercise, but it is important to listen to the health, health officials and, um, you know, all that information that you need to know on how to be safe can be found on uh, Polk County Department of Health website or the Florida Department of Health website as well. 
you know, so one thing, one, you know, oh, sorry, Kevin, you know, the one thing I, I, I'm noticing and, and, you know, when, when this is all said and over and I hope it's soon, um, you know, we're all becoming incredibly technology savvy. Uh, you know, even, even my 87 year old mom and dad have learned to zoom and go to meeting and, and do those type of things. And, and, and I was, and even last year, they didn't know how to use an iPhone. I mean, so you are still able to be in contact with friends, family members, and loved ones. And we all just need to find uh, those resources to be able to, to have that out. That, that's, that's a great point, Tony. So w- one thing that, that we're hearing, especially a lot on social media, is that governor's order says that s- some of the essential activities include walking, hiking, biking, fishing, hunting, uh, and telling us that we need to open the parks to adhere to that order. However, I want I want our, our listeners to know that state parks are closed, county parks are closed. So we're following the lead of not only our county organization, but our state organization. And I got some clarification from City Attorney Palmer Davis today. And uh, what's basically stated in the governor's uh, executive order, the, the safer at home is, yeah, th- these things are essential. But it doesn't mean that you have to have a part to do it. And that's something I would I'd like to have you guys clarify as well. Well, you know, you know, Kevin, one thing we forget, and I think because we are so used to being able to go out to the park or walk a trail or or bike around Lake Hongsworth, we forget that there's a maintenance component to that. When those parks are open, city employees have to maintain those. They have to make sure they're clean. The garbage is picked up. Bathrooms are clean. Uh, Playground equipment is clean. Part of this overall initiative uh, that's being done right now is not just to protect the citizens of Lakeland, but also protect the employees who have to work on this on a day-to-day effort. And, you know, many of those employees have also been told it's safer at home. It's safer at home. And part of this overall concept of safer at home is to try to to have social distancing, not just outside, but even in workplaces. And so I think we sometimes forget what is necessary to maintain those beautiful spaces that we get to utilize every day and who has to maintain those. And we have to consider the fact that we want to make them safe and every employee and every public servant we want to make safe, too, as part of this. So those that know me know that I, I'm usually a regular at the YMCA, and I'm addicted to spin class. But I'm going to tell you and our listeners as well, I've never worked out as hard in my life as I have been this last couple of weeks with a kettlebell and some rubber bands and running wind sprints. So <clears throat> take it from this fluffy uh, old man that you can do it. You don't need a gym and you don't need a beautiful bike path. You can use what's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Well, and Kevin, and a lot of the gyms are actually doing online classes for you to help you out at home. So, you know, um, look at your uh, local gym's Facebook page or their website and uh, see if they're putting videos out there so that way you can do a class from home. And that's a great point, Audrey. And, and if you don't see that, there are plenty out there on YouTube. Take it from us that, that there, if you don't have the creative juices flowing just just google it or look at it on youtube and there's i mean prisoners work out in a 10 by 10 cell so there's there's prisoner workouts too that are insane they'll kick your fanny so uh, <laughs> there's a lot out there 
Um, Audrey, one of the things that we we're, we definitely have heard is the, the hand washing, and it's something that it was interesting to me that I never even thought about. We had a few of the doctors uh, come in and speak to the city commission uh, recently, and Dr. Haight with Lakeland Regional Health was just talking about the hand washing and getting the fingertips and really was showing that, you know, you usually wash your hands and maybe do your palms and the top of your hands, but it's really important to get the fingertips and thumbs and, 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 and make sure that your all the surface of your hands are washed. That is correct because germs can actually live under your fingernail beds and so forth. And if you're not scrubbing underneath them, you know, you could still potentially have microbes of that virus still underneath your fingernail beds. Um, also, you know, there is a video out there. I saw it the other day where somebody took and was wearing gloves and he had black ink and he showed the proper way of washing your hands. And if you just scrubbed them back and forth, you still had white gloves. And if you only used your fingers, you still had the back of your hands were not, not washed. So it's actually a really good video. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a video of somebody, you know, using and uh, showing the proper way of washing your hands. And by the time he was finished, those white gloves were completely covered in yeah. black ink. Yeah, I saw that as well. It's pretty clever and a, and a good way to get the point across. So, Tony, as a city manager, what concerns you most right now about the coronavirus? What's your biggest concern? Well, it's twofold. A, making sure our community is safe, making sure people are educated and they understand that uh, we're not out of the woods yet. I know some people would really wish that were the case, but we're not out of the woods yet. So really take to heart the information that you're getting from our healthcare providers, from our emergency personnel, our hospital. Um, you know, if, if you have symptoms, quarantine yourself. If the symptoms become greater, try to find out where you can get a test. I mean, so from a community standpoint, we want to make sure our folks, everyone in the community is safe. Additionally, from a community standpoint, I know there's a lot of businesses that are suffering. And uh, we're here to help them as best we can during the, this process. Um, and so our goal is to hopefully come out of this the other end and, and have them all once again be successful. This community was really and still is moving in a, in a, a skyward direction. And the hope is to continue to do that. And then internally on, on, on the city side, I think people need to understand that the, 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 everything is changing so quickly. The fact that businesses are having trouble, the fact that uh, people aren't driving their cars, gas prices are down, um, all seems good. But those are, the those are the revenues the city needs to help continue to manage and, and take care of our, our, our general fund, which pays for police and firefighters and parks and recreation and all those type of things. So as we start moving into the rest of the year and next year, we're going to have to evaluate uh, where we're at and, and, and what we can continue to maintain as services. And I think uh, the commission's already said this uh, over and over again this past week. I think as we move into fiscal year 21, the year 21, we're gonna have to tighten our belts. We're going to have to maintain those key services that the community needs. Um, and we might have to just slow down a little bit, uh, understanding what's next. But we won't know that until we find out how long this uh, challenge is going to take. Well, we know it's going to be at least through April 30th. So um, we're all in this together until then. 
And Audrey, so I'm going to pose the same question to you. So what's what's your biggest concern right now re- regarding COVID-19? Uh, my bi- biggest concern is that um, we have the correct numbers uh, and that our, um, we know where we're going. Um, and the fact that, you know, making sure that we have either a vaccine coming soon or, you know, something that'll help uh, those affected, you know, uh, get through this. Um, Any kind of medication that they can come up with that'll help them out. This is not the typical flu. You just can't get a flu shot. Um, You know, it's a process, you know, of them pulling it all together to, uh, you know, develop a vaccine for this COVID. And, and that's the main thing that I'm concerned about. Um, you know, I you hear people talk about, well, the flu kills more people. Well, we do have a vaccine for that. Um, you know, we have medications for that. This is completely different. We don't have those in place yet to be able to take care of this. And um, so that's my main concern is the safety and the health of the people um, and our community. Um, and that, uh, you know, that this could drag on longer, you know, if people are not practicing the correct social distancing. So I heard Dr. Fauci, who is one of the, 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 the leads on the president's coronavirus task force, and he's one of the authorities on communicable diseases. And he had an interesting statement that I thought that, he said, "What the numbers you're seeing today happened two weeks ago." So right. he said, "How can you really make a judgment today based on data from two weeks ago?" So he says, "You have to you have to think two weeks ahead," and that that was very eye opening and very interesting to me, especially when you're dealing with a virus like this. That is correct, especially when some of the tests are taking seven to twelve days to come back, whether it you know it's positive or negative. Um, we're looking at, you know, numbers that were last week and not actually today. So as we wind our show down, and I want to thank both of you for taking the time out of your busy day to to get on air with us and, and share your thoughts regarding COVID-19 and the impacts to our community. Uh, I'll start with you. Audrey, what, what do you want to tell the community? Um. Well, there's a couple things I would actually like to talk to the community about. I know that this is some tough times for everybody, um, you know, economically and socially. And, um, you know, if there is support out there for you, just know that we, you know, a lot of people are supporting you and taking care of you. Um, If you need help, please call 211. They help thousands of people every day with essential needs and disaster assistance you know, that we care about your health and your safety. And it's important to help others as well that are in need. So take the time, call your family, call your neighbors, you know, check on them, make sure they don't, you know, if they don't need anything, if they do, you're safely able to help them out at a good distance. I'm going to drop you off a bag of food at your door. I won't come in and you know just let them know that it's there and they can come out and get it those are some of the things that we can do to help each other out um but there are other services out there that can help you if you are in need so please you know call your uh, local um nonprofit organizations and 211 they would be able to get the information they need to get to you thank you and 
Mr. Delgado, what would you like to tell the community? Well, obviously, Audrey's touched on the, the critical uh, components of if there's somebody out there that has a concern, a specific concern and needs help. And I think that that obviously is important. Uh, I'd like to tell everybody that, you know, we'll get through this. We're a pretty resilient city. Um, we're a pre pretty resilient community. People here really care about each other and we're seeing it every day. And so, you know, follow follow those guidelines. Those are important. If you have any questions, obviously you can get on our city website. We have a coronavirus uh, uh, a link uh, to a lot of city information, a lot of information with the, with many of our, 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 our stakeholders and partners. Uh, so if you have any questions, get on that. If you can't, don't hesitate to call. You can call City Hall. We're still open. People are still here. And we'll try to answer your email. I mean, we know we know there's a lot of uh, challenges out there. People have some angst, and we want to be here to help everyone. But just know uh, we're, we're an incredibly resilient community. We're an incredibly caring community. We see it every day. And so we're, we're going to get through this. I know we will. So Tony mentioned the city's website. You can find that, that at lakelandgov.net slash COVID-19. That, again, is lakelandgov.net slash COVID-19. And I'll tell you, we're getting a lot of questions regarding essential businesses and activities. And you can find a very comprehensive list, not only on our website, but at floridadisaster.org. That seems to be one of the most comprehensive lists out there. And that is straight from the communications department at Governor DeSantis's office. And that's uh, floridadisaster.org. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, I hope everyone stays safe. Practice your social distancing. Wash those hands and disinfect those surfaces. Look out for one another and help your neighbor. Thank you again. You guys take care. Bye. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. Listen Lakeland is brought to you as a collaborative project between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.